Hey, we made it. Happy New Year. If you're in the sound of my voice, if you're in the sound of my voice, then uh, you've made it through 2020. It certainly was not what we asked for. It was not what anybody asked for. Who could have imagined January 1st, 2020, what this year would be like? So we're ready for a new year, but what if 2021 is not what we asked for either? Laura read uh, uh, a meme that said, great, we're finally done with 2020. Now it turns 21 and it can start drinking. Oh, I don't know. What if our plans don't work out? What, what if we don't get what we asked for? Anne Lamott, the author, says that's the story of her life. She says she's not living the life she had planned. She's living a plan B life. Can God bless a plan B life? What if, what if you don't get what you asked for in this new year? Can it still be good? Well, let's pray and then let's find out. Lord, I thank you that anyone in the sound of my voice has made it through this very, very difficult year, and that you have given us the gift not only of a new year, but of a new day today, and that you speak to us. And so together, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts might be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I thought we'd begin the year with Jesus's favorite story out of the Bible. You know, Jesus had a favorite story. It's in the Bible. Um, Jesus learned the Bible as a little boy, not the way we do with the Old Testament and the New, but all 39 books of the Old Testament were studied by Jewish children, especially the little Jewish boys. And, and this was his favorite. I love this story. And I think I love it in part because I found it in an odd kind of place. Almost 40 years ago, I was getting ready to become a minister. And the way that Presbyterians do it is that we have all of our schooling and then often an internship. And then we have an examination by the Presbytery. That's where we get the name from. It's the collection of elders from all the churches around. And each candidate for ordination, for becoming a priest, gets up in front and is asked all kinds of questions. There were three of us that night. It was on the, it was on the foothills just outside of Boulder, and the, the plains stretch all the way to Nebraska, where these tiny little churches spring up. And most of the pastors are from those little churches. But there were three of us who were candidates, and I went third, that was good, actually, because uh, the first one who went was the, the rock star. He was a, an honors student from Princeton Seminary, and his attitude was not arrogant, but it was very confident. He, he looked at all of the pastors, and he didn't say, bring it on, but it was close. And they would ask him any question about theology or church history or pastoral counseling or anything, and he was knocking it out of the park, and every good answer he gave made me more nervous because I knew they'd turn to me. And finally, 
just as he's about done, uh, an older pastor came forward to the microphone very closely from one of those tiny little churches out near Nebraska. And he said, young man, clearly you have been well taught. Young man, how does the theology of Hosea affect your ministry? And you could just see that it went like a bullet. Boom, right here. Had no idea what Hosea was, where Hosea was, what the message of the book was. And I am behind him sitting on the stairs going, Hosea, Hosea, Hosea. I know it's in the Old Testament. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And the Princeton Seminary student said, uh, sir, I, I, uh, and he's stalling. He, uh, obviously, you know, of course, that Hosea is one of the middle prophets before the exile, but after the Civil War. Um, uh, Hosea is one of the minor prophets. This is what you do when you don't know the answer. You tell them everything you do know. One of the minor prophets, that means his message is smaller than the major prophets, but just as important. Uh, Hosea lives at the same time as Isaiah and Micah and Amos, and, uh, and, and he's up north because, you know, there was a civil war and Israel gets split in two and, and 10 of the tribes are up north and, and Hosea was with one of them. And I think uh, he was a... He was a prophet, wasn't he, for the last king of Israel? Yeah, that, that's right. <clears throat> the, uh, the message of Hosea, um, and in the meantime, I am behind him panicking myself. All I could remember about the book of Hosea was what my Old Testament professor had made us memorize. He gave us one verse for every book of the Bible. He said, memorize this book, memorize this verse, and you'll have one idea. How many of you remember the play Inherit the Wind? the uh, evolution trial. That is talked about in Hosea. And the story there is that one of the characters in Inherit the Wind says, they have sown bad seed into the wind and now they will reap the whirlwind. That was my quote from Hosea. Reaping the whirlwind. And that's Hosea's job to tell that to the last king of Israel. Well, Princeton finally is stumped and said, sir, I'm sorry, can you give me a hint? And this little old man smiled at us and he says, a hint. Yes, young man, it's the story of Gomer. Oh, clearly that explained nothing. And, and, and the pastor said, would you like another hint? And, and the seminary goes, please, please. He says, well, it's a love story. And then the pastor gave him one more hint, and it was done. They were all so thrilled that I got a very easy exam, and I went home that night, and I reread the book of Hosea. That was almost 40 years ago. And if I were that pastor who walked up to ask the young seminarian, I'd give him a hint too. And my first hint would be, do you want to know about Hosea? Well, this has got to be Jesus' favorite story growing up. You see, Hosea has the same name as Jesus' dad, Joseph. Hosea means Joe. Hosea is a part-time farmer, part-time political consultant, and Hosea is living in good times. Now, good times for Israel mean bad times for prophets. They're not called on much. And frankly, it also means bad times for the faith. 
when you're in bad times, in hard times, you, you cry out to God, you trust God, you have faith that grows. But good times means that you can do it on your own or, or you start to chase other dreams. And so the people of Israel in the time of Hosea began to chase the American dream instead of chasing the God who brought them to the promised land. They're like my friend Molly. I think I mentioned her the other day. She said, I believe that I'm chasing the American dream with Jesus sprinkled on top. That was the group of people that Hosea had to talk to. And wouldn't you know it, he's minding his own business and one day God speaks to him. And it starts the book of Hosea this way. The word of the Lord came to Hosea during the reign of the last king of Israel. And the Lord said to him, go and marry an adulterous wife and have children that show her unfaithfulness because the land is guilty of vile adultery departing from me. So Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Debaim, and Gomer bore him a son. But the Lord said, call the boy Jezreel because I'm gonna punish the house of Israel for the massacre at Jezreel and I will put an end to the whole kingdom of Israel. That day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. Call him Jezreel. Now, Jezreel is the name of a valley in Israel, in the northern part. And it wouldn't be odd to call somebody Colorado or uh, call somebody uh, a different geographical name, but you wouldn't call your child Jezreel because for the Jews, calling a child Jezreel would be like calling them um, Auschwitz or Ferguson. You wouldn't name your firstborn 9-11. You wouldn't call them the genocide of Rwanda. This is not like naming your kid happy or lucky. It's bad luck. And the story of Hosea goes on. Gomer conceived again, this time a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lo-Rohamah, for I will no longer show love to the house of Israel. I will not forgive them. Hebrew lesson, easy. Lo-Rohamah, Lo in Hebrew means not. Ama means love. So when you call someone lo ruama, it means I don't love you. Nice name for your second child. Hosea goes on, but I will show love to the house of Israel in Judah, and I'll save them. Not by bow or sword or battle, not by horses or horsemen. I will save them by the Lord their God. And after she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had yet another son. And the Lord said to Hosea, call this one Lo-Ami. Lo means not. Ami means mine. Call the baby not my kid. And God says, because you're not my people and I'm not your God. Pretty tough story. I was in Kenya listening to a pastor read scripture and he said, now don't listen to the scripture and ask, so what? 
listen to God speak to you and ask, now what? If you heard that about this family, what would you think would happen next? Part of it you have to understand is that prophets speak God's word through the use of symbols. Different prophets had different ways of visibly showing what God was about. So Ezekiel, Ezekiel takes a pot and he throws it on the ground and breaks it. Jeremiah wears an ox yoke to show that they are bound to evil. Isaiah the prophet has to walk through the whole city naked. At least Hosea didn't have to do that. What's the sign, what's the symbol that Hosea has? God commands Hosea, Joe, God commands Joe to marry Gomer, and he intimates it will not turn out well. I've done those weddings, especially at the beginning of my career. I've done those where you cross your fingers, and when you get to the place in the vows where you say, does anybody object to this marriage besides me? Because you know it's not going to work out. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just that they want different things. They want different things out of their year, out of their marriage. Gomer just wants the good life. And she sees Joe as security, but farmer Hosea, farmer Joe, can't give her what she wants. The fast life, the bright lights. Maybe he wasn't all that good looking. So Gomer starts having affairs. Even after this disastrous kid named Jezreel, the next two children not loved and not mine, are probably by other fathers. And then the story says that Gomer moves out. And we don't know if the kids go with or they stay with Hosea. But we know that this is another marriage headed for divorce court. So far, it sounds like 40% of American marriages today. Not what they asked for. This week and next week, we're talking about a year of life that is not what we asked for. They didn't ask for a marriage that would fall apart. And that's what happens. Not what they asked for until, until that same voice that told Hosea to marry Gomer speaks out again and says, this isn't the end of the year. This isn't the end of the story. Chapter 3. The Lord said to me, to Hosea, go and love your wife again, even though she is loved by another and she's an adulteress. Love her the way the Lord loves the Israelites, even though they turn to other gods. So I went out and I bought Gomer back for 15 shekels of silver and half of all of my crop. And then I told Gomer, You're to come and live with me from now on. Don't give your love to anyone else, and I will live with you. What an image. Hosea goes down into the red light district. He finds his wife standing among the prostitutes on the corner. Hosea, or Joe, literally has to pay Gomer's pimp to get her back. He has to mortgage half of his crops. And then he stands in front of this broken down, beautiful woman that 
he thought would build a life with him. And Hosea says, no more running around. Come home. Let's work on this. And then the best words ever. Let's go home. Let's start over. That faithless kid, let's call her faith. And and the other one, not mine, let's call that one grace. What do you say to a new start? And I think that's the point in the story that Jesus waxes dead. Joseph says, how cool is that? When the rabbi reads that in the synagogue, how great is that? Now, it'd be nice to say that they lived happily ever after, but we don't know that part of the story. We just know that there was a man who loved a faithless woman so much that he went out into the streets and he found her and he bought her and he brought her home. That's the story of Hosea. Wouldn't you love to be loved like that? Love no matter what happened, no matter what you did, no matter what they did. When you say this year, this isn't what I asked for, that's Hosea's story. That wasn't what he wanted. That wasn't the kind of marriage he wanted. This isn't what I asked for. That's God's story of God's love for us. He he doesn't ask us to go off and wander alone. Jesus pokes his father in the synagogue and says, that's it. And I love that. I love that because there's a little Gomer in me. There's a little Hosea in all of us. And so as we start this year, I want to ask you, who are you like today as you hear that story? What's what's going on in, in your life? Are you like Gomer? Are you living in both worlds? You're not a bad person at all. You even go to church. You're a religious person. But you want to live in both worlds because you want to have all that life has to offer. And sometimes it feels constricted, constrained, and you go, this boring job isn't what I asked for. This this relationship, it's not what I wanted. Are you like Gomer? Are you like Gomer at the end? You're broken, and you're ashamed, and and you're hiding, and you're, you're far from where you wanted to be. You want to believe that life can change, but but you don't really. You know you'll just mess it up again. This isn't what you asked for. Or in this story, are you like Hosea? You identify with the good guy, the people who get hurt and hurt again, who forgive and forgive again and again. How many of you are in relationships like that? How many of you have bosses that you have to start over and over again? This is not what I asked for, you say at the start of 2021. Me either. You know, I decided that day at my presbytery exam that if I were ever going to preach about Hosea, I'd, I'd try to make sure that people understood three things. First, that when Hosea shares his life, it teaches us that sin is no small thing to God. Sin is no little thing that you can brush off or bad thing that you can wipe away. You know what sin is like? Hosea teaches me that sin is like walking in and seeing your spouse kissing somebody else. You don't get over that. 
Laura and I <clears throat> started a marriage poor in Chicago, and the best part of it was we had another great couple in the city, inner city Chicago, that were just as poor as we were, young pastors too, and, and we would meet once a month. They'd come out, we'd go in, and, and we would always go to one of the fanciest restaurants in church because we had discovered these little coupon cards, these books, these coupon books, and I would take her wherever she wanted to go as long as it was in the coupon book. And we went downtown one month, we picked them up, went uh, down to Michigan Avenue in this very swanky restaurant right off the river, and uh, we're, we're sitting down, and just as we're sitting down, the girls are already in the booth, Gordy turns to me and, and says, do you hear about Gordy McDonald? I said, no, what? He said, yeah, I had an affair. I said, no. And from the booth, Ann and my wife, Laura, both said, no. And Gordy is trying to explain. He says, you know, um, sometimes it, it, just, it just happens. And my wife got so angry in this restaurant, she goes, it doesn't just happen. And then she turns to me and she said, if it could happen to Gordon McDonald, nobody's safe. It could happen to you. And I'm going, what did I do? What did I do? I got to tell you, we never went to that restaurant again. Sin has consequences. Whether it's Hosea and Gomer or you, it's not just about heartache or getting caught. It's not just that your heart gets hard from doing the wrong thing. Hosea teaches us that unforgiven sin leads down a path toward separation from the God who made us. We're not just sinners who mess up. We are runaway rebels. We run away from what's good for us. We run away from God. Sin has consequences. That's what Hosea taught me. Hosea also taught me that that's not the end of the story, that God comes after people and God gives used goods new names. This year, God can give you a new name. God gives used, broken people new names. The key to faith in Jesus is that Jesus does not polish up our outside, but he puts a new beginning and a new heart on the inside. Hear this, the gospel is not a second chance. It's being rescued from the dead. It's being pulled off the street. Jesus gives people new names. He turns Simon into Peter. He turns Saul into, into Paul. His spirit renamed the children of Hosea. You know, if this last year was not what you asked for, would you like a new name today, a, a fresh beginning? As we start 2021, I, I think that the third lesson for me of Hosea is that life will be different than you think. Growing up on the farm, he may have dreamed about Gomer, that beautiful woman, but he didn't dream, dream about Gomer, that terrible marriage. Life will be different than we think. This year, last year, Every single year, we live this isn't what I asked for lives. Gomer, Hosea, the kids, all of Israel ended up in a very different place. And they must have said, this is not what I asked for. This kind of marriage, this kind of job, this kind of health report, this kind of loneliness, not, 
not being able to even touch other people, to wear masks all the time. This is not what I asked for. And for some of you, it may be well hidden, but it's this kind of failure. That kind of 2020 can make you afraid of this kind of 2021. Hosea gives us a different view of 2021 because it won't be what we asked for. Thank God. You know why I'm certain that this is Jesus' favorite story? The one he pokes Joseph about and says, I love this dad. I think it's Jesus' favorite because he retells it all the time. This is his most famous story because he told it so much that the disciples memorized it. And he would always start out his story once there were two sons. And the younger son demanded that his dad give him the inheritance. And after he got the inheritance, he left home and he spent it all in a far off land. He went far away and he blew it on prostitutes. And he ended up in the gutter. And he ended up saying to himself, far from home, this isn't what I asked for. This year, that year, any year. Jesus loved that story. Hosea is the Old Testament's answer to the most famous story in the Bible, the story of the prodigal son. And there is the best line in the Bible in Jesus' favorite story. The young boy is sitting out in a pig slop, watching the pigs eat as he goes hungry. And the best line in the Bible is that it says, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he said, I got to go home. In some ways, the story of Hosea is even better, right? Because in, in the story of the prodigal son, dad is out there every day at the window looking for his prodigal son, and he gives everything to win him back. But in Hosea, he goes out and gets him. Here is why you don't have to worry that 2021 may not be what you asked for. This isn't what I asked for. It's almost certain to happen. But you and I are given the promise of Hosea and Jesus' favorite story. I, I said, um, I said that at the end of the exam, uh, the Princeton kid asked for another hint, and the old man had had a last hint. And he he said to the boy, he said, uh, "Son, son, when you preach from Hosea, have them sing that old gospel song, O love that will not let me go.' Hosea's God." has a love that will not let either of them go. Hands that will not stop reaching out. 2020 may not have been what you asked for, but 2020, I'm sorry, but 2021 can be the year when you come to sing in your soul of love that will not let you go. God bless you in this new year. Lord Jesus, you were with us in this last year and you got us through. 
masks and vaccines and isolation and all, we come into this new year certain that it will not be all that we asked for, but equally certain that when we go far away, you will come after us and that you will wrap your arms around us and you will give us love that will not let us go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, amen. God bless you.